Lift those hands to the Lord as you're, as you're seated there. I, I just I wanted to remind you, I heard something while we were blessing the Lord. I heard something that I thought was incredibly important. Speak to your neighbors that praise is not for you. It's for God. We praise him because he's God. The song that we were singing just now speaks the truth that he deserves the glory. He deserves our praise. Would you clap your hands and give him the praise he deserves? Amen. We bless you, Jesus. We bless your name. We thank you, Father. I am so uh, encouraged by the Lord, and um, I want to share with you a few moments this morning. Um, as many of you know, we've begun a month of prayer and praise, and tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock, say 5 o'clock. So at 4.45, oh, thank you, Jesus. At 4.45, we're going to gather together and and strictly at 5 o'clock, we're going to begin to bless and praise the Lord in prayer. Amen? And I, I want to remind you of that, and I want you to gather the brothers and the sisters and speak to those. That are, and listen to me. We're going to do this regardless of how warm or cold it is. Amen? amen. Clap your hands and say amen to that. I promise you, you'll be warm by the time we're done. Amen. Um, I am so grateful to the Lord, Carolyn and I, uh, my wife and I just are returning from a three-day retreat with pastors and their wives, um, 60 to 70, I guess of us, some said it was 100, um, came together to ask, answer some serious questions about race and about separation and why this is so in the body of Christ. It was a powerful, powerful time together. In fact, uh, the central part of it was our, our praise and our worship. You know, if you, if you worship God with somebody, then God has a way of bringing you together. Amen. And uh, so we, we're, we're, we're returning from that, that weekend charged with, a, with a, actually a renewed vision of what God began to speak to us many years ago. And I, want you, I don't want you to miss the flow of what the Holy Spirit is doing and where he's taking us. I want you to know that and I want you to perceive it and I want you to uh, just uh, decide in your heart we're going to go together. Amen. Um, I want you to turn to your Bibles um, to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I, I want to I speak with you about something that is so important. In fact, when we gather tomorrow morning, we are continuing in this. When difficult times come, when disappointment and loss occurs,
it raises the question of who we believe in and what we're going to do. When you get what you ask for and when you achieve your goal and when you acquire what you desire and when a great thing happens for you, praise is easy. When your children score high scores and when they graduate and when they've gone the whole path of preparation and now they are you're celebrating their achievements praise is easy when you get the promotion praise is easy when when the person who's been badgering you on your job gets moved out of the way. Praise is easy. When a neighbor who lives next door clutters your lawn and your property with filth and brings down the value of your community property, they, when they move, and someone who appreciates moves in, praise is easy. When you go through a physical situation where you're, you're struggling and you got, you, got, you got problems and your health is failing, when the turnaround comes and you start feeling better and your appetites come back and your strength renews, Praise is simple. When you've been fighting with your wife, either overtly or subvertly, when, when you, you know about silent fussing? Raise your hand if you know about silent fussing. Okay. When, when, you, when, you, when you have a conflict with the people you love and it all blows up and, and, and conversations happen and... You come to peace. Praise is a natural and a normal, a easy chore. In fact, it's not a chore. It's a joy. When someone comes three inches from striking your car going 70 miles an hour, but they miss, praise is easy. Can I get a better witness than that? Whew, Lord, have mercy. When you're in the cold and you didn't know it was going to be that cold and you're out there and you can't get out of it because you already left the house and, you, and you're shivering and you're shaking and you come into a warm building. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know praise is an easy thing? I, I could get more graphic with that. If, if you are a male and you're a little older and elimination has been really, really difficult and now it's easy, I want to tell you, thank you, Jesus, it's easy to come out your mouth. Bless the name of the Lord. When you go to the doctor for an examination, 
and you, you are a female. And she examines the parts that, that females have. And the gram, the mammogram comes back. And everything is all right. I ain't got nobody in the building understand what I'm talking about. I don't even have them. And you know, I, but I got enough sense to know. When that, when that report comes back, normal? I wish somebody would help me today. I could get more graphic about this. Maybe, maybe I need you to give you that to make the point. Because when you put your legs in them stirrups, I ain't, I, I, I'm only talking to the females right now. And there is a thorough examination. And the diagnosis at the end of the day is normal. How many of y'all feel like, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. My wife was getting a, her, her heart examined and it came back abnormal. In fact, they responded immediately when it, when that, I think it's, is it called a sonogram? Electro, electrocardiogram, not the sonogram. Sonogram, they get up for babies when babies is coming. Yeah, and and and, and so she 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 when she got the the, the electrocardiogram, which you, you know it was like this. You know, they, they look on the they look where the needle has made the marks, and, and if the marks are are not congruent, if they're not if they break the pattern, they're different. They know there's a real problem, and and they did, and so they immediately they said to her, uh, let's, "We don't want you to uh, stay here. Don't don't leave yet." I was with her. And they were alarmed. And they had to go back through it again. And, 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 and when, they, when they did it again, they forgot to tell us we could go. We sitting in there waiting for the report. And finally, I said, uh, excuse me. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's normal. You can go. Somebody can praise God. Amen. Clap your hands and, uh, and bless his name if you understand. Man, praise is so easy when things are going good. Look at your neighbor and say, when it's going well, you have no problem praising God. But what do you do when difficult situations occur? What do you do when it's a bad report? It's an abnormal report result of the, of the examination. What do you do? When, you, when they didn't miss, they actually hit you. Messed up the car. You swerved around. You had to call the record to get the car. What do you do when you reach down for your purse and your belongings in a public place and they are not there? What do you do when you're in public and someone rudely, audaciously bumps up against you and looks at you like you better not say nothing? I'm sorry, that's it's ghetto. It's like I know. I wish, I wish you, I wish you would say something. What do you do then? When the report is negative, when the diagnosis is on the downside, not the up. What do you do when you have an expectation for God to come through and he hasn't come through? And everything you can see, taste, and touch is on the downside. It's negative. 
What, what do you do when danger is approaching? Calamity is at your door. And coming against you is a force you don't know what to do with. And what do you do when three or four things at one time happen negatively to you? Have you ever had that? Finances, they, 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 they didn't record the deposit. So all the checks you wrote, hello, are you, are you hearing me? They bounce in every place. Then a crisis at the same time, a crisis which demands cash. You don't have the cash because that cash was ate up in the, in, the, in the bank fees after you made the, the deposit. But you got a crisis going on. And at the same time, you, you, you get a phone call from school because your baby's acting like, yes, amen. What do you do when you get to notice that as of tomorrow, you're no longer employed here? Oh, that mercy. What do you do when close and long-standing relationships begin to disrupt and come apart? What do you do? I want to talk with you for a few moments this morning about the power of praise in difficult situations. I want to talk with you I want to have a conversation with you about the power of praise in troubled times. Really want to talk with you about how do you get things turned around when, when there seems to be no hope. And how do ends meet when there's no way, there's no resources for them to meet? And how do you act when it really is not going that good. Or when you've circled around the same negative mountain in a relationship again and again and again and again and again. And there seems to be no end. When that person ought to be your friend. When really what you want to do is send them to another place. Or if I could be more rap, rapology, kick them in the shin. At best, put them, lock them in a pen. Best case scenario, knock them in the chin. Raise your hand if you've ever been there. How about, how about, if you're in there right now. Okay, let's work fast. Look at Jim said, we're going to work fast. So in 2 Chronicles, I, I, we were rehearsing last week about this righteous king. For the nation of Israel is now divided. It's no longer united Israel. It's now divided Israel. And Israel is the northern part and Judah is the, is the southern part. So instead of one king over it all, they have two kings. Judah is over one. I mean, Judah is the southern kingdom. And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, he is the king 
of Judah. Judah, by the way, by definition, means praise. It's a really interesting story because this king, because he was righteous, what made him righteous is that the word of the Lord, he knew the word of the Lord, and he decided, I, I, since I'm king, I will act out the word of the Lord. And where it comes to my people whom I have jurisdiction over and authority over, if they do not line up with the word, I will take my authority and I will use it for good. And he made sure that all of Judah heard the word of the Lord. And he commissioned teachers of the gospel. We would call it the gospel in those days. Teachers of the Old Testament law. And they took that and they went to all the parts of Judah and they taught the people. And then he dispersed judges. This is really awesome. Because the judges had the power to decide between arguments, business deals, lies and truth, divorces, adulteries. Are y'all hearing me? Disputes. And those judges had to be righteous themselves. In fact, Jehoshaphat said to them, when you do this, you do this in God's stead. So do it righteously. Do it according to the word of the Lord. You can read this in the 19th chapter as well as, yes, in the 19th chapter, it, it begins to spell out what he did. It's a talk about national reform. His reformation came because his heart was for the Lord. Last week I told you about the narrow, he escaped, he escaped by the skin of his teeth because through marriage he had an ungodly covenant with the king of Israel. Mm. And he went to war when he shouldn't have gone to war. The prophet told him, don't go, don't, don't, don't do it. He told the king of Israel, you ain't coming back. The king said, I told you he never prophesied anything good for, about me. And the king threw him in jail. And on the way, the guy that smacked him, he looked at him and said, it'd be, it'd be a surprise. Don't be surprised. You ain't coming back either. Jehoshaphat, he heard it all. And he went anyway. By the skin of his teeth, God, it was looking in heaven, it was the mercy of God. Joseph had dressed like a king in battle array, in the, in, and the minute the enemy saw him, the minute they saw him, they said, there he is, and they all went for him. He had enough sense, however, to realize he was in trouble. God helped folk when they're in trouble, and they're about, they're about to go down, and they won't call on the Lord. He said, Lord, 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 help me. And the Lord diverted them from him. Saved his life. He got back to his palace. He's like. Whoosh. And the Bible records how the prophet came to him and said, 
would why would you be in friends with people who hate God? Why would you do that? God's blessed you on every hand. He's withheld nothing from you. He said, well, there's still some good in you. And, and God didn't take his life. He saved him. And Judah was like, he realized, I must be out of my mind. Has anybody here ever made a decision, came back and said to yourself, I must be out of my mind? Raise your hand if you've ever been out of your mind. And when you were out of your mind, you didn't know it until somebody kind of turned it around. And you look back and say, I must have been out of my mind. Has anybody ever made a dumb decision that if you had to do it over again, knowing what you know right now, you never would do it? You raise both of my hands. So in chapter 20, it picks up, the narrative picks up, where Jehoshaphat is making mighty change to his nation and and the nation is actually experiencing peace. But if you look closely, you'll see that when peace comes, there are enemies. Amen. In fact, peace means the most. Your enemies make, make peace sweet. Peace is not the absence of, of enemies. Peace is calm and tranquil. It's not just tranquility, but it's, it, it, in the New Testament, it's, it's translated freedom from molestation. Hmm. And it says, now it came about that after this, the sons of Moab and Ammon, they got together to make war against Jehoshaphat. You need to understand this, that Moab, the Moabites and the Ammonites are not friends. But when it comes to the people of God, they became friends and came against Jehoshaphat. And so Jehoshaphat, verse 3, please, note it, please. Jehoshaphat was afraid and he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Are you all there? I want you to note something that it was such a dire situation. Why did they call everybody? Because the enemy that was coming against them were more than double their size. They knew they could not fight this fight. This is too much to bear. And, and the king understood it. In fact, it was that other king of Israel that had, had, had wooed him into going against enemies because together they had a chance to beat them. But no matter what your odds are, if God's not for you, look at your name and say, if God's not for you, you can forget it. <laughs> Joseph, I knew that this is too much to deal with. Now listen, beloved. Praise is not limited to seasons of blessing. Praise is not just for when everything is going good. In fact, when you read this passage, you can't separate the difference between Jehoshaphat's petitions to God, his praise to God, or his worship. It all becomes one. Because worship really is applauding God 
for who he is. It's applauding God for his awesome attributes, his mighty works. It's celebrating the very personhood of God. Praise, praise is extolling, extolling God for his virtues, for who he is. And by the way, this is regardless of what's going on. When we say he deserves it, beloved, he deserves it. So Jehoshaphat, he's, he's wrestling now because he said he was afraid. So he said, everybody, come, everybody came from the towns and cities and they, and they gathered together. So I want to give you, I'll try. I'd like to give you five things that happen to you when you praise him. I'd like to give you five things that transform you, that happen, that transforms your situation when you praise God. When you praise him during hardship and during difficulty and troubled times. The first thing, praise focuses your attention on God. Excuse me, my beloved brothers and sisters, but God knows how to get your attention. You might be distracted by all the things that are great around you, but if God wants to get your attention, he knows how to do it. So Jehoshaphat, when he hears the news about this great multitude in verse 2 coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, they're coming against you, he, he turns his attention to God. When trouble comes, there are, I mean, when real trouble comes, there's only two things you can do. There are two things you should choose between. Write it down. Either having pity or engaging in praise. You can pity yourself. Woe is me. I don't get the bad report. And now you're thinking, I guess I'm going to give up. I guess my days are short. Have a blow up in a relationship and say, well, I guess it's over. You can pity yourself. And in fact, the people of God always will have a choice in this. What will you do when praise comes? When you focus on God, when you focus on God, you will not pity yourself. What if this great multitude that's come against you what if it's devised to get you to turn your head toward heaven again? Instead of staring at the difficulty and focusing in on how terribly negative it is. And by the way, beloved, we're not talking about mind over matter. When you're in a bad situation, you know you're in a bad situation. Can I get somebody to say amen to that? So Jehoshaphat he has to decide whether he's going to pity himself or whether he is going to praise God. And so what he does, he gathers everyone together to seek the Lord. The second thing that praise does, praise recognizes the sovereignty of God. In fact, look at verse 6. This is 
what Jehoshaphat said when he stood in the assembly before all the people. He said, he's talking to God now. Oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, check him out, did you not, oh our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people? When, when trouble comes, the first thing praise will do will focus on God. The second thing it will do, it will recognize that God, you alone are sovereign. There's nobody like you. All the kingdoms of the earth belong to you. So if this kingdom is rising up against me, I, 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 I go to the one who created the nations. If this body is turning inside out against me, I go to the one who created this body. If my relationships are coming apart, I talk to the one who's the author of relationships. If I'm in a situation in danger and I'm about to lose it all, I go to the one who has the power over circumstance. I never will forget that day. I know I've rehearsed it before you before, but it, it's indelibly imprinted in my mind when the, when the telephone the telephone message, the voice on the message said, your son is having a grand mal seizure right now. I'm watching his body flop and up and down off the table. They're medevacking. They're putting him in a helicopter. They're taking him to Northside Hospital. It's real. You can focus on that or you can focus on him. Joseph, he, he had great sense. Not only, not, only, not only did he focus himself on God, he focused, himself, he focused on the sovereignty of God. God, you are able, no matter what, everything, everything in the heavens and the earth are yours, O oh Lord. And come on, saints, this is your kingdom. You are, you're, you're in control of everything. Look at your neighbor and say, God is in control of everything. Focus your attention on God, not the problem, not the situation. When you're hurting, focus the one, focus on the one who can who can calm the hurt, not on the hurt itself. You know, when a thief wants to pick your pocket, they have a strategy. If you've ever been to Spain, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They, what they do is that you would bump you or kick you or something. And what does that do? It distracts you. And while your attention is here, they over here taking what they want. Isn't that what the enemy does to you? You started on a track. You believed God was going to break through this year. You were saying, God, we believe you. And, and then everything contrary to the very thing you asked God for 
Everything opposite of what you put down on the paper and then your attention goes from either what is promised or what is desired and you change and you focus on all the stuff that's going down. And you think that the stuff is more real than the God who creates. Praise gets you back on track. Makes, causes you to look at the one who is called creator. He's sovereign. Look at your neighbors that he sovereign. The third thing praise will do for you, and this is this is this is this is important. Here we go. Is the third thing it, it will do, check this out. Praise mm, recalls the mighty, just throw it at me. I, I think I can catch it. There you go. Thank you, sir. Praise recalls the mighty acts of God. Now, one of the problems with God's people, they got such a short memory. It's amazing to me. God can, can move his hand, turn the whole situation around, and you're like, ah, thank you. And then the next day, when a problem comes, you fall out on the floor and kick a trench. I'm like, God ain't going to do nothing. Like, he never did nothing. Like, he ain't in your life at all. It's amazing to me. So check out what, what Jehoshaphat did. Check this out. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. Lord, did, did you not, oh Lord our God, didn't you drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people? It was Israel. And, and didn't you give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Do you know how much of Scripture recalls the mighty acts of God. Write it down. Psalms 136. Write it down. Psalms 118. Write it down. Psalms 147. When you read those Psalms, it gives you a history of what God did. God, he recounts their history over and over again. Did I not, did, were, you not, were you not in Egypt when you cried unto me? Did I not raise up my servant Moses? Did I not cause ten plagues to come off the whole nation of Israel, of, of Egypt? And did I not drive, did, did I not lead you out? Did I not destroy the Pharaoh and all of his country? And, and when you got out there, did I not open up the Red Sea and cause you to go on dry ground? And did I not lead you in day by a, a, a pillar of fire and at night by, I mean a cloud, and by night by a pillar of fire? Didn't I do that when you were hungry? Didn't I open up the heavens and bring down manna when you couldn't eat, when you got tired of manna? Didn't I bring quail and put it right there in front of your face? And when you were thirsty, didn't I break the whole rock open and a river came out of the rock? Didn't I do this? you it is amazing to me how we can forget what he did tap your neighbor and say you need to rehearse your history baby you need to rehearse your history you know you should have been dead how the old folks say dead and sleeping in your grave but God you forgot three, three inches from death and God saved you you forgot 
laying on your sick bed and they say no recovery and out of the blue God turns it around you forgot you cut yourself so bad they're going to take the limb no something happened in the healing and they were able to retain the, the, uh, retain the limb you, you forgot they're going to throw you out of your house and God came through with a provision you didn't even know about and saved your situation Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, rehearse your history, baby. Rehearse your history. When trouble comes, praise will make you rehearse your history. You were so sick and tired of that job, you thought you were going to die there. And you, you had enough courage. You went to the interview, and you got to the interview, and there were, there were seven, eight, ten people more qualified than you. God jumped over all of them, and for favor on you, chose you. You forgot your history. You forgot what Almighty God did for you. You were supposed to die on that hospital bed. They don't understand it. All they know is in the midst of the surgery, everything turned around and you came out, Lord, have mercy, whole. Have you forgotten? Tap your neighbor. Have you forgotten your history? How many times you were in trouble and you cried out to the Lord, Lord, help me! And God came through. So you forgot what it was living in that old dingy, damp, smelly, moly house. When you never could get the carpet clean, no matter how much you bristle you put on it, you couldn't get the carpet because it stunk so bad, because it was so had so much funk in it. Y'all ain't hearing me. You, you couldn't get the smell of the urine out of the tile in the bathroom. And you couldn't stand it. You live And you said, God, will you please help me get out of here? And God raised a couple of situations and a couple of people. And next thing you know, you're living in a whole different situation. And you forgot that God heard you and he answered you and got you out of that situation. You forgot when all the inventory, all the inventory was going to spoil, but God re reserved it so your business could continue. And you forgot how God led you to one contact, and that one contact, that one contact led you to a sale that equaled all of the sale you had made for the whole year. And, 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 and God puts favor on you. Tap your neighbor one more time. Say, you forgot your history, baby. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten how long you was locked up, locked out? And God in his sovereignty came and turns the key. I, I want to remind you today that, that your history is truly his story. You must never dis disdain, you must never disdain your journey. Because your journey is the re recalling of God's story in your life, his intervention in your life. Else, my brother, my sister, you would not be sitting in that chair today. So when Jehoshaphat came in the crises, when the crises came, the thing he did, he recalled what God did. Lord, did you not? It's not that God forgot what he did. Mr. Jehoshaphat forgot what he did. 
So he had to remind himself of who his God is. He had to recall to memory. And how did he do it? He did it in praise. And he did it in prayer. And he did it in worship. And he's doing it before all the people. So all the people had to enter in to his prayer, his praise, and his worship. Did you not, oh God? Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine the angels? God, they about to bring it. You going to let us go? <laughs> Did anybody see um, Lord of the Rings? When the elves decided to fight? When the elves decided to fight with the dwarfs? I'm sorry, maybe I'm the only guy that, you know, maybe I'm the only guy that watched this stuff, you know. I mean, I actually watched this stuff, you know. I'm, I'm sitting in there thinking, now, now that looks like that, and that looks like that, and that, you know, I'm, a, I'm making biblical application when I'm watching this stuff, you know. Every, it's so dark because all the devils from hell and all the imps and, and, had, had come against him, hordes and hordes and hordes. It was just a matter of time when it was going to be over. Out in, and out in the distance, over in the corner, there was a, a bright, shining light, and the next thing you know, all the elves are standing in line, armed to the teeth. He said one word, and more than a thousand men said, clap. Give us a command. I wonder what's wrong with you. Ask him, what is wrong with you? Have you forgotten what is at the side? Have you forgotten what is at the command of Almighty God? What do you need God to do? What prayer to answer? What answer to prayer do you need? What is overwhelming, what is overwhelming you that you don't feel like I can change this? Whatever that is, that is what God wants to demonstrate his power over. Whatever it is that's beyond your ability, that is what God wants you, he wants to work it out and change it through you. And how do you do that? Not by the power of your mind, not by the power of your hand, not by the power of your complaining, not by the power of you making yourself, uh, 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 making yourself a victim. No, it's by this. You stand in your place and you focus on Almighty God and you remember that he is sovereign and you remember your history and you begin to say, God, I thank you. That, Lord, when I was in trouble, you came and you delivered me. When, when I was sick, Lord, you healed me. Lord, when I was broke, and you got me up out of the chair. Lord, Lord, I remember what you did. And if you did that then, I know what you can do now. I bless you. I praise you. I exalt you. I magnify your holy and your righteous name. I just want to know what's wrong with you. Have you forgotten how mighty your God is, have you forgotten that his eyes roam to and fro throughout the whole world looking for somebody to prove himself strong on their behalf? Have you forgotten? Has God found somebody that will stand up against the impossible odds in praise to him to release his power and his might? Not to show you off, to show him off. Tap your neighbor's head. Did you forget? 
Let me tell you something, my brother and my sister. Pain will make you forget. I said pain will make you forget. Problems will make you lose your mind. You no longer be functioning in your righteous mind. Be quiet. Pain distracts you. The initial report is there to take you down. Metro, Metro, have you forgotten the word of the Lord to this house? Have you forgotten about the, the millionaires? Have you forgotten about the exploding businesses? Have you forgotten about the property God promised you? Have you forgotten about the multitude God said we are? Pain comes to make you forget. Look at your neighbors and don't forget. Don't forget, pain comes to make you forget. <laughs> I'm almost done. In fact, I'm five minutes over. Lord, I thank you. So he rehearses the history. And some of you, that's the problem because you have not known the scripture and because the scripture rehearses the history for you. And when you start reading, oh my God, oh, I forgot about, oh, I forgot about, oh, I forgot about what God. Because once you're out of pain, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you get past that, you don't even want, you don't even want to think, of, you know, as, as that happened long ago, I forgot about that. So, so sometimes when I'm, sometimes when I'm, uh, <laughs> sometimes when I'm changing, you know, the Lord will remind he, what he did for me, to, to remind me of his sovereignty and his destiny over my life. What he did, because it is so great, because it is so awesome, he gave me something to help me remember that. So every time I've taken off my clothes, i got this six to eight inch scar. When I look at the scar, it's a, his sign to me. If I saved you then, I can save you now. If I kept your life then, I can keep you now. If I kept your life then, it's because I want you to complete what I told you to do. Now I got a few other scars to look at. Thank you, Jesus. Tap your neighbor and say, them scars, them, them scars, are really your stars. <laughs> Some of y'all have got star value in heaven. It's the scar on your on your it's the scar on your skin from the operation when God stepped in. Are you breathing? It's the, it's the, it's the scar on your emotions when you really got hurt, but God took you and brought you back. And now you can afford to get married again. Lord, I'm talking to somebody right now. now you can afford. Tap in, look at somebody just in case they're the one. Say, so you can afford to be married because God is the one that heals your scars. Good God Almighty. I'm sorry. I didn't get much play on that, Tiff. I don't know what's going on with that thing right there. Is that a, maybe I need to go after that again. That, by the way, I ain't talking to you about it again. I'm, you know, you already made your decision. But anyway, but, 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 but look at your neighbor and say, you know, that, that scar within tells you God can do it again. Tell your neighbor. And if that scar don't help you, then look at his scar. Because everywhere he's scarred is a star for you. It's a proclamation to you about what God can make right. I've got to quit.
So Jehoshaphat, he's standing there with all his people. He doesn't summon his army. He doesn't summon all the mighty men alone. He doesn't summon, he doesn't call for the Air Force, the, the Navy, the, arm, the Air, Force, Ar, Air Force, Army, Navy, Navy, Air, Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, Space Guard. Well, there is a Space Guard, by the way. But he, 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 by the way, number four, I'm going to quit. Praise paves the way to humility and personal power. Praise paves the way to humility. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Oh, our God, oh, our God, will you not judge them? We are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. And we don't know what to do. I don't want to stop there. Finish to the rest of it. We don't know what to do. That's what he said. We don't know what to do. And there are many of you, you have, that's the only thing keeping you from the breakthrough. You don't have enough humility to, to say, I can't do this, Lord. I don't know what to do. Praise acknowledges, prayer acknowledges, worship acknowledges, Lord, I don't know what to do. Pride becomes your greatest downfall. The Bible makes it clear that before the fall, pride comes. In other words, if you're prideful, you're doomed to fall. You're doomed to fail. And what is pride? Pride, I'm not, I don't have to, I'm not calling on God, not wanting to be in a vulnerable situation, resenting God. In fact, some people resent God. See, they know about his sovereignty, but they resent him for allowing such thing to come against them. You'd be shocked how many of God's people don't call on God because they're mad with God, because they think God is supposed to be their slot machine and keep you from all difficulty and all harm. You're trying to get heaven. You're trying to live utopian heaven without any problems. You get mad with God because God allows some stuff to come. He didn't send it. He allows it. He's not the author of it. He's the shaper of it. And we, we, we've not understood his nature, his divine nature. We've not understood his infinite wisdom. We have not trusted in his almighty power. We get mad with God when trouble comes. Instead of humbling ourselves at God, you know what, I just, I don't know what to do with this. He's this king who has power and might at his left and right hand, gathering all the people, fasting and praying to God about this multitude, we don't know what to do. I'm going to stop right there. I want you to stand on your feet. So when we come together and we praise God and we worship God and we extol his name, what we're doing is we're acknowledging his sovereignty. We're focusing on him. We're acknowledging his sovereignty. We're rehearsing our history. And we're allowing God to pave the way in praise, to pave the way, to pave the way for us to humble ourselves Humble yourselves.
before the mighty hand of God. And he, come on saints, what will he do? He will raise you up. You can't get raised up until you humble down. Sorry, Charlie. They never did take Charlie Tuna because he's too proud. For those of you who are old enough to remember the commercial. Welcome back. Well, you know, you remember Charlie Tuna? Raise your hand if you remember Charlie Tuna. Just trying to see who's in the building. Okay. Charlie, now Charlie was cool now. He was cool. He had shades. Am I right? Yeah, what up, man? What it is? But he never was chosen, Gene. God never would. God, rather have mercy. The commercial would never choose Charlie. Because that, that wouldn't, he, in the commercial, you don't want cool tuna. Putting my words in it. You want tuna that was willing to get caught. With those hands raised to Almighty God today, you've come today with the list, spoken and unspoken, written and unwritten, of things that God began to speak to your heart in the beginning of this year. And the Lord God Almighty began to give promises and directions. He began to stir your heart. He began to surprise you with reviving even things that you had forgotten. And, and, and you started believing God. And the moment you began to believe, and the moment you began to write down, the moment you began to proclaim, that all, it felt like all of hell breaks loose. I know why God, why God's people don't set new goals. Because they feel like if I set a new goal, I'm going to have a new enemy. You're right, but go, don't stop there. Go on. You'll get a new enemy to a God-sized goal because God wants to show you how big his size is. How can he show up if you don't give him a reason? Lord, have mercy. No, you know what? I want you to come to this altar. That's what I want you to do. I want you to, come. I want you to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God so he can raise you up. Saints, in this house, everything we've been asking God for, it's about humbling ourselves and refocusing on him. Why do we go through such shenanigans in our worship and our praise? Why should we be jumping around like kids? Why are they on this stage choreographing steps? Why are we singing mu music that invokes praise? Because the praise is not for you. It's for him. Why do we do that? Because when we praise him, when we worship him, and when we pray, we put our focus not on ourselves, but on him. Why do we give him all of our, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise? Because he deserves it. So you, need, you should know the whole story. And heaven, and heaven, all the 
forgive my analogy, all the elves are standing attention. They just want a command. They are created and they live to fulfill the will of God. They are there because they minister to the heirs of righteousness. They respond to a righteous prayer. They react and they move on a promise that God has made that is not yet fulfilled. They need to ride on the faith in your prayer. They're motivated by the fact that you can't do it on your own and you're believing in that which cannot be seen by the natural eye. And faith operates in God. God responds to you because of faith in him. He wants, he wants to rise up with his mighty power on your behalf. I said, he wants to rise up in his mighty power on your behalf. So well, what's wrong with you? Well, maybe you don't have a God-sized desire, dream, and goal. Or maybe you do, but you put it down and you put it away because you were afraid he wouldn't answer it. And you couldn't stand any more disappointment. So you quit praying. I'm talking to somebody here today. In the name, in the name of Almighty God, lift your hands before Him. Let us together continue on this journey. Let us go in and not come out until we see God. Let us believe. Right there where you stand, I want you to begin to praise Him in your own way. And in your praise, I want you to understand why am I praising him? You know what that thing is. I asked you a month ago, how many of you at the end of 2018 and some stuff has not happened yet that God promised you? What is that? In the name of Jesus, I want you to go in and, and bring that out. And, pray, and lift it up before God and praise him for it. Praise him for his excellent greatness, for his mighty acts. Praise him for his power and his, and his, his certainty. Praise him for his, his truth, his mercy, and his incredible grace. Praise him for his father heart that desires to answer the praise of his children. Praise him because he never has failed and never will fail. Praise him because he will never leave you and he never will. Praise him because what he started, he's able to finish. Praise him because he's more powerful than the situation that you face. Praise him because he sees every bit of it. He knows it all. Praise him because he's not answering your prayer according to your works. He's answering your prayer according to your faith. Praise him because he's his magnificent love. Praise him because he got off the cross, came up from the grave to tell you ain't nothing impossible with me. I just need somebody to believe me. Praise him because his love never fails and he never gives up on you. Praise him because he will not stop until he has answered everything you ask him for. Praise him because his power is limitless and he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that we can ask 
or even imagine. Clap your hands and praise Almighty God.